0: Father, we right now realize that what we are doing is is holy, it's spiritual, it's uh, where we as believers, the church, are coming together, uh, uniting ourselves together, um, and you are here among us, and you are with us, leading us, and guiding us through the Holy Spirit, and so thank you, Holy Spirit, for being present today. Thank you for leading and guiding us as we study your word and what it says Lord, may it come alive in our hearts. We right now just choose to open up to you, to receive what you have for a, a, us today, God. So, uh, Lord, speak to your children. Uh, equip us. Lord, we want to we walk out of this place with our, our weapons sharp and ready uh, for what's ahead, Father. And so, Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do tonight. Uh, speak to us, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. As I said earlier, we will have prayer again at the end. Um, at the table. So we are now in session four. Uh, The papers are on the back. Bistro session four of a uh, kind of a topical study that we're doing on spiritual beings and as we talk about this it's very easy for us to kind of treat this topic like you would treat maybe the book of Revelation, right? Where you're like, ah, I don't understand it. I'm just going to leave it alone and maybe it'll work itself out. Or, uh, or you're like all into it and you're just like trying to connect all the pieces and you just have all kinds of, uh, you know, uh, study notes about these kind of topics. Um, you know, maybe you fall somewhere in between if you don't fall on the far left or right of that. Um, but what we want to do is, the, the heart behind this is to just simply look at the scriptures and see, okay, what does the Bible say about this, about spiritual beings, and why, why is it there? Like, if, if God put it in the, in the text, it has to be there for a purpose, so we just want to stick to the scriptures and understand that, um, that God created the heavens, and he created the earth. And we read in Genesis that he, as he created those two realities, that he also set rulers to be in those realities. And so there are spiritual rulers... And there are rulers here on earth. So there are human beings on earth and there are spiritual beings in heaven. And then there is times where we see an overlap. And we see where, uh, we'll really get into it tonight, where some of these spiritual beings can, also, can go between the heavenlies and earth. And, uh, and so we're going to get to see some of that. And so we've talked a little bit about them and kind of talked about Elohim and what that means. Um, Pastor Ryan, two weeks ago, talked about the divine counsel and what that means. And so now we're going to look at some more spiritual beings uh, and kind of talk about them uh, somewhat in a broad sense. But uh, when we talk about angels, but then we'll also hit some, a particular type of angel uh, tonight. Uh, and then next uh, Wednesday, we'll talk about the angel of the Lord, which is if you think tonight's going to be kind of like confusing, uh, which it kind of is. Uh, the angel of the Lord, as you dive into that, can sometimes be even more confusing. And so, uh, but it, it's going to be great. What it does is it just reveals uh, the the richness of the text, like that we realize that we're not the main character in the Bible, and that there's other characters. It's not when you read your Bible, it's not just man and God, but there are other things happening, and we want to be aware of those uh, things as well. So, uh, and we will, like always, have. time for Q&A at the end. Um, If anybody has any questions, uh, I will try to make up a response, okay? So um, let me see if there's anything before we get started. Nope. All right, uh, session four, angels and cherubim. All right, angels and cherubim. And so um, angels are some of the most well-known characters, if you will, in the Bible, right? We're all familiar with angels Maybe you grew up, like I did, watching the TV show Touched by an Angel, right? You know, so uh, maybe you're familiar with those kinds of things, um, but while they are some of the most known characters of the Bible, they also are some of the most misunderstood characters in the Bible. And so um, let me first kind of hit, uh, just as an as a introductory, then we'll talk about it later, uh, alongside these creatures, uh, uh, angelic beings, are also the cherubim, the cherubim. and uh, they play a role in the Bible just like angels do. And so we want, we want to um, talk about them, but I'm just kind of giving you a teaser tonight uh, or, uh, to start us off, that um, they operate differently. So when you see um, cherubim, don't just write them off as, oh, that's angels because they actually are different, and they have a different role, and we're going to discover that. So, but but to, to dive in, we're going to talk about angels first, and then we'll talk about cherubim. So, we need to understand that as we go through this, remember there's two realities, and you have um, um, heavenly spiritual beings, heavenly hosts, angelic beings, and then you have here on earth human beings. And we're going to see some parallels as we dive into this, that the, some of the functions of angels and what their mission is, is also parallel to some of the, the earthly human beings that God sends. Uh, and, and so I want you to see that parallel as we get into it. Um, so let's look first at the use of the word angel in the Bible. Uh, simply put, angels are spiritual messengers. And if we're going to draw a parallel, they are like prophets. Okay? Okay that prophets, you could say, are their earthly counterparts. Um, They bring the power and the life of God's heavenly realm to earth in the form of signs and wonders, okay? Um, If you wanted to write a reference down, you could write down the reference of Elijah and Elisha. We don't have time to get into it. That's 1 Kings 17 um, all the way through 2 Kings 7. Um, So to really understand what we're talking about when we talk about angels in the Bible, let's just dive into the word first. Let's look at the word um, and what it means. Uh, And I want you to see here that there is a relationship between the spiritual figures and the human figures when they talk about the word angel, okay? And so you'll see in your notes the Hebrew word uh, melech, and and I'm pronouncing it a little differently so that I'm not hacking a loogie when I say it. Um, but Malak, okay? It's a Hebrew word that means messenger, all right? It means messenger, and it can refer to anyone, human or spiritual, that sends a message, okay? And there's some scripture references, the human version of 1 Samuel 16, you see in your notes, and Judges 11, that word there is referring to human messengers, okay? So let's understand that, that that word that can mean angel can also mean a human messenger, we need to know that so that we don't get confused. Uh, but however, it also can refer to spiritual beings. You see that in your text uh, in Genesis 19. Genesis 19 it says that now the two angels came to Sodom. Now, that is the same Hebrew word as the word messenger up in 1 Samuel, but the writers understood the context and they knew to differentiate the words when they translated it over. And so Um, so that they use different words. And then if you want to see both of them used in the same passage, you see here in your notes Genesis 32, uh, where they use the same Hebrew word, but it's translated differently, one as angels and one as messengers. And so we're just building a case tonight, kind of building a case, uh, making some points uh, of seeing the word angel in the text. Um, And then if we were to look at the Greek, which would be what the New Testament was written in, It has a word anglios. Anglios that functions similar to the Hebrew word. And it can refer also to human messengers and spiritual messengers. Okay? And there's some there's some references. Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, it says that, and Jesus sent messengers ahead of him. All right. And then we see in Mark 1, verse 13. It says that, and the angels were ministering to him. Okay, so we see there that this Greek word, anglios, is similar to the Hebrew word that we see, and that they can mean messengers, meaning humans, or messengers, meaning angels, okay? And so I know this is, we're st- we, we um, nerd out on a lot of these words, but it's important for us to understand what the biblical writers were talking about. And so now let's dive into the connection between heavenly and earth and earthly messengers, okay? So, the pr- this practice of using different trans- translation words, like messenger versus angel, is helpful from one perspective, as it clearly distinguishes between humans and spiritual messengers. But also, I think it's important for us to understand that it hides a, a important common connection between God, um, His divine counsel, like Ryan talked about, and the role of these messengers. And so, uh, I think it's important for us to note that in the Hebrew Bible, God has a heavenly realm that's depicted as a throne room. Have you ever heard of that term, throne room? Okay, And you're like, well, what is that? Is that just where God sits on his throne? Um, we have a place in our house called the throne room, and it's, not, and it's not what the Bible talks about. It is different. I have a different throne. Um, but the Bible's clear that God has a throne room, and he is surrounded by a staff team, called the Divine Council, okay? If you want to write a reference down to that, that would be Psalms 82, verse 1. Psalms 82, verse 1 talks about that Divine Council. And they are more than just spiritual beings. They are uh, a council. They, there's, um, oh, I'm sorry, but there are more spiritual beings than just the council is what I meant to say. So uh, not only do you have God's throne room with His staff, His Divine Council, we also see a separate group a larger group, and it is referred to by many titles. You'll see some scripture references in your notes of this larger group. Um, these are angelic beings. You have the assembly of the Holy Ones in Psalm 89. You have the host in Psalm 89. In Psalm 103, you have the word angels, hosts, and ministers all there together. And so what we're starting to see is that God has a staff team. That in heaven, that he has a staff team. That there are uh, th- people that have purposes, uh, they have responsibilities, and they are to go and do certain things, okay? And angels have a different responsibilities than what we talked about earlier about cherubim. And we'll talk about what the, the differences are in that. Uh, but I think that it's important for us just to picture this in our mind, because I don't know about you, maybe we, we just don't go there in our minds to realize that just like um, here on earth, kings and queens are... Presidents, even, or uh, people of uh, status or power, business owners, they all have a staff team. They have people that are working with them and for them. And this is what's going on in heaven that God has this staff team. And so the biblical authors, they envisioned God's kingdom this way. And so they are like council members, if you will, who God has delegated authority to. And so when we talk about angels, we need to understand that God has delegated an authority to these spiritual beings, and they have a purpose. Uh, they also oftentimes serve distinct purposes uh, and different purposes, um, but I think it's important for us to, to know that they have a purpose. Now, another thing I want us to notice is that it's important to notice that God and His divine counsel often send these messengers, these angels, that are human. So when an when a angel shows up in, on earth... They are depicted as a human, so much so that they don't even realize that they're angels, right? And so um, you, can, you can see several scripture references to that. I mean, I think it's in this next, oh no it's not, it's, it's coming up, I, I just skipped ahead. Um, but I think it's important for us to understand that um, these angels are also sent like humans. They are, they, when they come to earth that they are um, in human form. Um, If you look at um, Jeremiah 23 in your notes, we will see where uh, Jeremiah gives us some reference points to this council um, uh, and to their purpose of how God sends them, Um, and you can see that. We won't get into all that just for the sake of time, Um, but I think it's important for us to note that here in, in the text in Jeremiah that Jeremiah is confronting Israel's leaders for listening to prophets that were not sent by God. Um, And so he's telling them, you know, do not confront the greed, the idolatry, the injustice, Um, and that he's talking about a true prophet is one that has a vision from heaven. Uh, A true prophet is one who speaks on behalf of the messenger, the angel. Um, And so it's a lot of um, sometimes confusing details of, of what what Jeremiah is talking about in here, and when we talk about angels and those kind of things. But um, I want us to see um, in 2 Chronicles, you'll see it in your notes, 36, there is a parallel to these human prophetic messengers sent by God and the divine counsel. Remember we talked about that there is, I want you to see a parallel. Well, there is a parallel that we see here in 2 Chronicles where we see um, that um, these spiritual beings are being sent, and they perform similar roles to the prophets in Israel's time. Uh, and I want to read it. It says, "The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent word to them again and again by His messengers, because He had compassion on His people and on His dwelling place. But they continually mocked the messengers of God, despised His words, and scoffed at His prophets." So they're drawing a parallel there of messengers and prophets until the wrath of the Lord arose against his people, until they were, there was no remedy. And so just like God sends prophets to the land to be a messenger to the people and be a voice for God, God also sends angels to do the same. And when he sends angels to send a message to his people, they don't show up in this like holy, angelic, like. Wild way they show up as humans. That's how we see it throughout the Bible. The only time that we see where uh, angels are described in this very weird, sometimes, way where you're like, you you read the Bible and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense. That sounds like a weird animal or something. That's in dreams and visions. Whenever a uh, person would have a dream or a vision of an angel, it would be something like they had, you know, a weird face and they were enthroned with this and clothed with this and, and looked like this that is in a dream or a vision but anytime you see that angel show up in person it is that of a human form and so, um, so we see that um, as well. Um, if There's a chart in your, in your notes there um, that will kind of just show you how um, God uses um, these messengers, these angels uh, and the prophets um, If you look at the chart, it says that they give messages on God's behalf. So we see here in Luke that angels can give messages on God's behalf. Uh, Luke chapter 1, and the angel from the Lord appeared to Zacharias standing to the right of the altar of incense. So we see that he appeared to him and he gave him instructions. Uh, We see in Psalm 34 that they actually perform wonders or acts of deliverance for God's people. Says the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear and fear him and rescues them. So we see the angel of the Lord doing that. In 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, where they give comfort or provision. You can see where the angel touched him uh, there. So we can see that several um, references, even Mark 1, where angels were ministering to him. And so we see that um, angels are sent by God to interact with people. And, um, matter of fact, when we end our study tonight, I want us to end on something that's not in, our, in this study, but it's just something that um, I was studying elsewhere when talking about angels, is that how they minister to us and how uh, God deploys angels on our behalf and what that looks like. Because sometimes it can get kind of weird and it can be like, you know, people get fascinated with angels. And, um, but, but they are sent uh, by God on purpose for us. And we want to talk about that uh, particularly through... Um, prayer and those kind of things and how God moves on, that behalf, on, on our behalf and deploys angels. But um, let's talk about the appearance of angels in the Bible. Um, no angel in the Bible is depicted with having wings, all right? So let's just get that out of the way because um, I know that right now in our mind when we think about angels, we think about um, uh, some kind of person dressed in white with wings. But there is no reference in the Bible to angels having wings. The only people in the Bible, uh, uh, spiritual beings that have wings, are the cherubim, uh, and we'll cherubim. And we will talk about those later. Those are different, um, so they don't have that. Uh, and so um, the cherubim do have wings, um, but we'll see below that these creatures are very different from angels, and they have never been called by the same word as the word angel. Uh, they don't give messages. They don't perform missions by God. Uh, they remain in the heavenly realm. And so when we differentiate between angels and cherubim, the angels can go to and fro. They can go from heaven to earth. The cherubim cannot. They stay in the heavenlies. We see this all the way uh, in Genesis 3 when man was kicked out of the garden and could not come back in. Then what did God set at the edges? He set the cherubim at the edges of the garden to keep the wickedness out, to keep the impure out because it was a holy place. And so um, I think it's important for us to know that, that they, uh, unlike angels, they can't cross between heaven and earth, all right? Um, Some people even believe, um, and I don't have any scripture references to this, but in my study I saw this, uh, that some people would say that uh, the cherubim um, or the stars represent some of the cherubim uh, because they are stationary. Um, But you can study that out if you would like. Um, angels, like I said earlier in the Bible, appear as humans. Uh, there are numerous stories where angels appear, uh, but are merely called men because they look like people. Uh, some people make the argument that, um, that angels, since they only appear as men, uh, that angels can only be men. Um, angels are a spiritual being, thus they have no gender. So if God wanted to Uh, If they wanted to take on the form of a female, I think that could happen. Uh, I'm not sure. But um, some people get caught up in that. Because uh, when you think of an angel, you tend to think of something very feminine. Uh, And you tend to think of maybe a woman. Uh, Matter of fact, when you compliment somebody, when you compliment a a woman's beauty, sometimes you would say that they look like an angel, right? Um, And so you would never tell a man how handsome he is and that he looks like an angel. Uh, That would be something very feminine. Um, but the reality is, in the text, we see angels referred to as men. Um, so I don't know if that's an insult to a woman to call her an angel. I'm not sure. Um, but regardless, yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I will try that and see. Um, so anyways, um, but I, I, again, I know this um, is, is we're, we're treading through some mud when we talk about these kind of things. But just stick with us. Um, interestingly enough, angels appear in the Bible as like a superhuman. Like when people encounter them, uh, especially in dreams and visions, when they um, when they encounter them in dreams and visions, it's wild. When they encounter them in the day to day world, they're often unrecognizable, as we talked about. Um, but sometimes in dreams and visions, people are afraid and they're scared when they encounter um, them. And you'll see in your notes Daniel ten, Daniel ten. Um, 4 through 7, and then I skipped a few verses, put 10 and 11 in there, gives you a picture of what Daniel dreamed and kind of how wild it was when he saw an angel. Um, and again, for the sake of time, we won't uh, talk through all of that, but I think it's good for us to, to know and to study and to go home and read that. Um, so uh, along the lines of angels in the Bible, I think it is worth noting, uh, two unique angels are named in the Bible, uh, Gabriel and Michael, and I think Michael's a pretty cool name, um, Probably the probably, you know, it's probably not by accident that that's, no. um, So there are uh, some unique names, uh, angels in the Bible. Uh, we see both Gabriel and Michael called princes uh, in Daniel 8 through 10 and, tw- and Daniel 12, 1, So I think that that's some great references to go back to. Um, uh, if you would like to know, Michael is named again in the New Testament in Jude, verse 9. Um, also in Revelation uh, 12. Revelation 12, verse 7. Uh, Gabriel also appears in the New Testament in Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1, verse 19, and again in verse 26. So I think it's just cool to see that two angels are named, uh, and they're named in the Bible, and we have references to them. Um, Paul also probably references them. He calls it the archangel. In 1 Thessalonians 4, if you want to write that reference down, 1 Thessalonians 4, uh, verse 16. Um, he talks about that. That's probably, that word in the Greek means chief angel. So, like, there's a ranking system there, like a tiered authority structure in the heavenly realm. Uh, and that detail is not spelled out in the Bible too clearly, so we don't have too much detail with that. But, uh, if, you know, it's, it means chief angel, so there's probably, um, you know, some kind of structuring system there where Mike, Michael's probably the chief angel. Um, of that. But um, the New Testament authors speak about angels, and you see some scriptures there. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13, it says, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by, by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. And that's where we understand that angels appear like humans, and sometimes we don't even know that we're entertaining angels. And if you sit there and think about that, um, it, it can be kind of wild. You're like, okay, hold on a second. Like, I should show hospitality to everybody because I could be entertaining an angel. Now, if, you know, some people might say, well, you're just trying to pressure me into showing hospitality. Like, you're trying to spiritualize hospitality and say, well, you need to be nice to everybody because it could be an angel. But that's not what the scriptures do. And the scripture is um, clear that we could do that. Now, it's probably uh, the writer of Hebrews is probably referring back to the story of Lot uh, in Genesis nineteen, um, probably um, because they they first were not aware of the identity of the angels that uh, of, the, of the angel that vis- visited him in uh, Genesis nineteen. Um, it was only once they used their power did he understand that they were angels. But that might be what Hebrews thirteen was referring to. Uh, you see the Colossians scripture there Colossians two eighteen. Let no one disqualify you, insisting on uh, the worship of angels, uh, going on in detail about visions, puffed up without reason, and by his sensuous mind, mind. Uh, Colossians 2.18. This passage, Paul is describing some kind of religious cult here that's influenced the church, and people are uh, practicing some kind of connection with angels. You'll see that a lot even today uh, in some of the New Age movements. Um, and astro-projecting and a- out-of-body experiences uh, where they have these encounters with, quote-unquote, angels. Um, they are angels, but they're demons. Uh, they're the fallen angels that these people are having these encounters with. Um, and Paul is saying, hey, don't don't associate with that. Don't get so caught up in that uh, because uh, the overarching theme, actually, of Colossians is uh, Christ is the one that you should be fixed on and mesmerized with and worship, not these angels. Don't, don't miss the point there. Um, Hebrews, uh, uh, Hebrews chapter one, are angels, not all ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who are to inherit salvation? Well, who are to inherit salvation? That's us as Christians. So this text is letting us know uh, that angels play an important role in God's purposes. Um, and so that um, he, they, send, they are sent out to minister uh, to us, to, you know, in that, in that regard. And so I think that that's something uh, really cool. Um, so angels, should, because they are sent out by God, because they are spiritual beings, they are not the ones that we should be focusing on, uh, mesmerized by, uh, praying to, uh, you know, any, worshiping. We should not be doing any of that. Uh, they are just fellow members of God's kingdom like us. And so I think it's just important for us. Um, we can welcome them and honor them. Uh, but, and, and, you know, because they're in the Bible, but we are not doing anything weird, right? We're not going to be bowing down to them or anything like that. So let's uh, keep going. I know, again, we're, we're tr- trudging through some stuff. Um, let, let's do hit the cherubim in the Bible. Um, they, uh, As you see in your notes here, um, when the Bible describes them, they are this multiform animal creatures who. Who are portrayed in the Bible as guardians of God's throne room. And so we don't ever see anyone meeting one of these cherubim in day-to-day life. They are not the same as the angels, like we said, that can cross over into these two realms. They are only ever seen by prophets who have dreams or visions of the heavenly throne room of God. Um, and so they're first mentioned in Genesis 3, as we talked about earlier. Uh, Genesis 3:24, there's the reference. Uh, that we see. Um, And so um, we see here that this is the role. They are to stand at a boundary of heaven and earth and they are to guard that sacred place. That is the the role of them. They are to stand at the boundary of heaven and earth and they guard that sacred space. Um, We also see some symbolism, some symbolic roles uh, as Israel builds a tabernacle. As Israel builds a temple, we see them as well. Uh, You see here in your notes some symbolism uh, of them and some reference points uh, to that um, where they're just representing a... When Israel tries to recreate a miniature version of the Garden of Eden uh, through these temples and tabernacles, um, Exodus 26, uh, we see that they are embroidered onto curtains. So they... The, uh, the look of them have been embroidered on the curtains into the tabernacle and on the veil. Uh, we see them sculpted into gold uh, placed on top of the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, we see that they are uh, two large ones are put outside the Holies of Holy. Um, we see uh, that they're engraved all over the inner walls of the temple. So we, we see these uh, engravings, these markings, um, and, that, and they have wings, sometimes four, sometimes six. Uh, we'll see in our notes here that even John references uh, six of them, uh, having six wings, which is like the only one that references that. But um, that might be where we get our idea that all angels have wings uh, because we see those um, symbols and those markings and, uh, and so we assume maybe that all angels have wings. But it is only this class that we see. Um, uh, you see some uh, other scripture references there uh, just to help us uh, uh, see that they are uh, and thrown, they, that they are surrounded by god 's heavenly throne, they surround his throne, um, and so we see that um, God sits above them. We see that in scripture and you can see those references there uh, as well. So uh, very interesting stuff. Um, as you look at your notes and you see the description of them, uh, we see that they are described as multiform animal figures interestingly enough they're Appearance is different every time they show up in the Bible. Every time it shows up in the Bible, it's something different. And um, what we don't need to do is take every detail, every description, and place it all together and say, well, that's what one would look like, and just gather details from everyone. And what I think God is trying to, to show us is that they are, um, that, that because they are different, it is representing the diversity of God's kingdom, of, of heaven, of earth. And so our, uh, our imaginations are to point towards, uh, towards how vast and how diverse God's kingdom is. Um, and so we see that uh, in your notes, sometimes they have two wings, sometimes they have four. Uh, we'll read John's later that says they have six. Um, their face appears differently as well. One face sometimes like a human. Two faces you see in Ezekiel. Four faces, a lion, a human, an ox, and an eagle. So it's just very interesting stuff um, about when, when we read this. And when we read this, a lot of times we can be so like, well, that's just weird uh, that we don't understand it. Well, to the, to the biblical authors and the audience of that time, it made sense. It, they, they got the references. They understood the visuals. And so we can't shy away from it. We've got to lean into it. I think it's important to know we won't talk too much about it. Um, But uh, Isaiah has a vision um, in Isaiah chapter 6 where he sees the heavenly throne room and he describes these creatures. And he doesn't call them cherubim, he calls them seraphim. Seraphim. S E R A P H I M. And this is the Hebrew word for snake. Particularly a venomous snake. Um, if you want to have a reference to that, uh, Numbers 21 6 would help you understand that word being a venomous snake. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 15. Isaiah 41, verse 29. Yeah, and so that's just interestingly, you know, the. Um, seraphim, and I think, let me look at the notes, make sure, I'm, yes, we're going to hit those in a moment and kind of see that they are actually um, the same thing, but I, it's just a different word there, uh, so I think it's in, important for us to note, um, you'll see some scripture references of uh, describing in Revelation 4, um, these four living creatures having six wings and, and they're not ceasing to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was, who is, and who is to come. And so we see that um, description there. Uh, but what's the role of them? If they're you know we talked about how they're enthroned among, you know, they're, they're around the throne room, and God's enthroned between them. If they're not like angels that send messages or, or are dispatched on God's behalf to, to minister and to do things, what do they do? Well, you can see uh, that they are like, uh, from the above passage, actually in Revelation, uh, you see that they are like a choir. Praising the king. You see that there in your notes? It says that the, um, uh, they are a multiform animal character. It's a clue to their symbolic meaning, along with the song they sing in Isaiah 6, uh, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The fullness of the earth is his glory. And so uh, we can see that the seraphim, the cherubim, are, they are symbolic representations of, of the creatures of the land that offer praises to their creator. Okay, and So because they are so diverse and described as so diverse, I think that it's uh, important for us to realize that they are like the animal kingdom, that is so diverse it displays God's creativity, it displays God's power. And so um, just as the heavenly hosts declare the glory of God, here we see that these creatures also are declaring the glory of God. And so, um, we talked about Isaiah 6 briefly. What about the seraphim? Um, are they different? Uh, well, I think that they are uh, the same. Um, remember, the cherubim, they function as guardians. They are the guardians between heaven and earth. Uh, they are there to support the throne and the heavenly temple. Uh, so, they are there guarding it, supporting it, uh, singing um, Uh, But the seraphim, uh, um, if we look at Isaiah's vision, you see the symbolism of Isaiah's vision. It says um, that he sees these seraphim in a vision of the heavenly throne, and he describes them as a hybrid creature who performs a similar role of of the cherubim, but with some variations. He says they have six wings instead of two or four, and that they guard the divine throne with their choir song, and there's the... They had that choir song of holy, holy, holy is Yahweh of hosts. And this is the only place here in the Hebrew scriptures that we see the word seraphim. Um, And so uh, some people say that they are different than the cherubim, but it's probably unlikely. There's a lot of parallels there. Um, So uh, like I said, the Hebrew word seraphim is one uh, used for snakes. So that is kind of interesting. Uh, The image of a winged snake. It's kind of crazy. Um, but, um, but Isaiah refers to them and also there's also, um, in Isaiah 14 and Isaiah 30 talks about flying snakes. Very, very strange. Very strange. Um, but I don't think that we need to be afraid of some like flying water moccasin or anything like that. I don't think that's what it's talking about. Um, but anyways, all right, let's, let's, uh, let's uh, hit this last little bit. John's, uh, vision here, um, John kind of reiterates, kind of helps us with the idea that maybe these uh, cherubim and seraphim are the same. Revelation 4, uh, verses 5 through 9, um, he uses a lot of the same imagery that we see all throughout the Hebrew Bible. He sees a uh, crystal sky platform with living creatures. They have eyes all over them. They have six wings. They're, they're, they're singing, holy, holy, holy. Um, and so uh, they are very much alike, very much same as the cherubim, and so I think that, um, that John probably is confirming for us that the seraphim and the cherubim are the same. Um, what I do know is that there are a lot of mysteries about angels, a lot of mysteries about the seraphim or the cherubim or the heavenly host, and the Bible doesn't give us a lot of detail. It, does, it gives us some. Um, there's a lot to still be discovered, um, but I think the reality of it for us is for us to understand um, that God created them. God gave them a purpose. He gave them a, a, a role to play in, in creation and everything. Um, and so we just need to understand that they are not God. They are not something that's higher than us, um, but they are, that they are here to serve us and minister to us. Do we know what that looks like? Not always. Like, does it so, kind of sound strange to our ears? Yes. Like, um, but we, we want to make sure that we are students of the Bible, we're studying the Bible and that we um, see that God um, uses those um, spiritual beings um, a lot of times to minister to us. Um, Outside of your notes, I think it's important for us to realize how important, um, when we pray, how important it is uh, to God, uh, but also how God operates a lot of times when we pray. Um, There's a scripture that we can turn to in Daniel chapter 10, uh, and this is one that I do want us to read. And and look at. In Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, I want us to see something about prayer. And the reason I'm bringing it up is because um, it has to do with angels. And so in uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 12, It says, and then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before your God, your words have been heard and I have come because of your words. He says, I have come because of your words. Let's read a couple. Let's read a couple more. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days, but Michael, one of the chief princes, that's the chief angel, came to help me for I was left there with the king of Persia. Um, and so we see here that, that Daniel is let, Daniel's letting us know that angels, that when we pray, God hears us, and God will sometimes dispatch angels on our behalf. And we see that um, angels uh, can be sent to work things out. Uh, so I think it's important for us to know that the angel Gabriel told Daniel here that he had been sent to him on the behalf of his prayers and that he offered up to the Lord. And so your prayers have this ability to not only touch heaven, I think we need to understand that, that our prayers can touch heaven, that God hears us, that we're not just praying empty words that nobody hears, but that God actually hears us, but also he can send angels to earth on divine assignments on our behalf. Now, again, sometimes that's weird to our ears, strange to our ears, but that's what the Bible talks about. We can find an abundant of scriptures, I'll give you some references that I wrote down where we see this um, throughout the Bible where, where angels are dispatched to minister or to serve or to do something for humans, okay? If you want to write down Genesis 18, Genesis 18, verses 22 through 33. Genesis 18, 22 through 33 This is where Abraham interceded in prayer. Two angels were released to go to Sodom in order to save Lot and his family. We see that in Genesis 18. Exodus 14, Exodus 14, verse 15 through 20. Exodus 14, verse 15 through 20. Moses prayed, and an angel stood between the army of Egypt and the children of Israel bringing great deliverance for God's chosen people. So we see again, he prayed, God dispatched angels. Um, King Hezekiah prayed in 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 19, 2 Kings chapter 19 verses 15 through 19, 15 through 19 and also verses 35 through 37. He prayed to the Lord for help, God responded by sending an angel to kill 185,000 soldiers. Um, and so we see, again, God sending angels. I'll give you a couple more. There's several. There's some new, here's some new ones. Uh, Luke 22. Luke 22, verse 41. Jesus prayed on the Mount of Olives. An angel from heaven appeared, strengthening him during his time of need. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, when Cornelius prayed, an angel was sent to his home bringing a divine connection to spirit, birth, revelation that resulted in the salvation of his household. So there was an angel sent to his house in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 12, verse five, verse five through 11. Acts 12, verse five through 11. Believers prayed for Paul's release from, from prison. Believers prayed for Paul, I'm sorry, Peter's release from prison, and what did God do? He responded by sending an angel to bring supernatural deliverance. Um, so we see here um, that God can send angels. I think it's important to reiterate, we're not praying to these angels. Our prayers aren't offered up to these angels. They're offered up to God. But God is the one that chooses to, to, to send them out uh, to accomplish His mission. And so I think it's just important for us to realize. I mean, I, I don't think that there's like, a special formula to it. I don't think like, oh, I need to pray this, so then God will send me an angel. Uh, I don't think that that's our motive in this. I think it's just we should be aware and realize the Bible talks about this: that when we pray, God hears, and there are times when He sends angels uh, on, to, you know, to minister to us or to serve God's purpose here on earth. Um, so it's some very interesting things. Um, as we, you know, as you pr- if you've been with us since we started this a few weeks back, a month ago or so. Um, as we talk about spiritual beings, um, it's very easy for us to, to veer to one side or the other and be like, oh, well, let me get off into this, and, and it's very weird, or let me just shut off my ears to this because I don't understand it, and then I just miss out on what God has for me, and I miss out on what the Scriptures say. And so um, I don't want us to veer to one side or the other. I want us to stay straight in the Scriptures and realize that God created the heavens. He created the earth. He set rulers over both to have dominion over the earth and over the heavens, and that is human beings and spiritual beings. And they are in the Bible, so we lean towards them. We don't lean away from them, Uh, even the hard things. This is hard stuff to talk about, hard things to comprehend, heavy things, but we lean into it and we say, God, we want to understand it as much as we can. Uh, We want to uh, be knowledgeable about it. We want to be a student of your word. We don't want to shy away from it. And God, if there's anything that we can get out of it or that we need to do, God, we want to do it. And so uh, I just think it's important for us to realize um, that, um, that there are angels. There's different types of angels, uh, as we saw tonight. Um, we'll even talk about another one next week, the angel of the Lord. Um, but don't get so fearful as you read about these dreams and visions that these prophets have. And they describe these weird creatures And you're like, this must be a bunch of fairy tales. Like, this must just be made up, right? Or this this can't be real. Uh, It's very real. And uh, so anyways, so that is all we're going to talk about tonight um, because that's a lot to digest. And I would encourage you to uh, go home, read back over it, look at your notes, the scripture references that we talked about. Read those. Read the context of the scriptures. Um, You know, when you talk about stuff like this, you can't cover it all in Uh, in the time we have together, so I would encourage you to unpack it um, on on your own uh, at the house. Um, So that will officially conclude what we're going to talk about tonight, and then uh, we're going to move into a time of of Q&A and prayer, okay? So we'll do Q&A, and then we'll do prayer. So um, from tonight's study, or maybe even some of the previous studies, um, are there any questions that come to your mind? that you want to say out loud (laughs) (laughs) brother dale yes sir Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I would. I mean, it, we see that God does send angels, right? So we see that He does. So I don't. I don't see any harm in asking for Him to do that. I mean, if 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 um if we're praying for protection and and for God to keep them safe or to you know whatever, well, He's probably going to send angels to do that. Like so. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see a problem with it. I haven't. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. hmm. don't mm-hmm. yep. yep. so he's saying, is I do okay to pray. and ask God to you know, when you're praying for protection for your family or to keep them safe, is it okay for him to, s- to pray, God, send your angels before them to protect them, to encamp around them, to keep them safe? And, and I think so because we see God sending angels in the Scriptures, so I think that that's appropriate. Mm-hmm. All right, a question, another question? Curiosity, Ms. Dana? Comments? Or the gold itself gold so it's uh you know in in the prayers represented by incense is uh God talking about how precious uh prayers are to him. Uh gold of uh Mm-hmm. So Whether you about Sodom and Murah, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, hey, you know, I, I came to see because there were so many prayers so, mm-hmm. so many prayers uh even when you look at Revelation uh eight chapters so um that you know, talking about all the prayers of the saint and the injustice of the martyrs, and he's holding on to those prayers and, mm-hmm. and Mm-hmm. So that's a big encouragement for us to realize that he values our favorites so much. that mm-hmm. he, he sees them as he mm-hmm. he sees them that and, that, and that comes to the point of uh, overflowing, I guess, to some degree, that he pours out his just to echo what Dana saying so everybody can hear is that God values our prayers are precious to Him, and revelation reveals that through the bowl of incense and it's made of gold and, um, and, and that he, he uh, yeah, he responds. He, ke- he keeps those prayers, and as they come and fill up and pour, he pours out on behalf of the people, he, he hears, and so keep praying. He responds. That's good. All right. Any other questions, comments, Curiosities? Mr. Ron? <laughs> Fat babies with wings. That is that is the image that comes to everybody's mind. Yep. When you think about angels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. With a harp or something, right? Or an arrow, like Cupid. All right. Yeah. Yes, Ms. Jan? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so Miss Jan is making the statement that we need to make sure that we're crying out for the for the Jews to receive the Messiah because they haven't yet. And so um, with everything going on in the Middle East, um, yeah. We'll talk some about that Sunday. We'll talk about um, the second coming of Christ. While that while coming? I mean, everybody's thinking about it right now. Like, is Jesus coming back soon? Like, uh, is this um, end-time prophecy re- revealing itself right before our... unveiling right before our eyes? We'll talk about it Sunday. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about... Um, Hamas, talk about um uh Islam. We'll, we'll talk about all that Sunday. I'm I'm excited. It's good. It's gonna be good. Don't miss it. It's gonna be good. All right. Um any other questions? Comments? Melissa, are you gonna ask a question? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I would think that it would be a stranger that you wouldn't know, um, because they're a spiritual being and they have to indwell. Like, so I don't know. It'd be, I, it'd be interesting. Yeah, they're here temporarily. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they don't have a belly button. So if you want to know if you're if you're entertaining an angel, just say, hey, can I? Can you raise your shirt? Let me see if you have a belly button. That's funny. That's that's good stuff. Yeah, Now it makes sense why people wear those shimmy shirt thingies, right? They're just (laughs) trying to show their identity. Crop Crop tops. That's it. Yep, that's it. I'm so glad this is being recorded. It's great to go back on. Um, Any other comments, questions? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it refers to them as ministering spirits. Yep, mm-hmm. that's good. Yes, it does. All right, anything else before we pray? All right, so um, I would like for us to take time around our table uh, to pray for one another, the needs that people have, because we're a family. And uh, so it, I know it goes without saying, but it's worth saying that this is a safe place. And so what, uh, what's said here stays here. Um, and so we want to we want to take it seriously. So I'd encourage you to write it down. If you write it down on the back of your notes or on your notes, don't leave your notes on the table and walk off. Um, uh, so make sure that you take it with you. Uh, or like me, you put a note in your phone. Put you know put notes in your phone to be praying for people. Um, so what we'll do is we'll just pause for a moment. We'll talk. We'll share needs around our table. We'll pray for each other. Lay hands on each other. We're just going to minister to one another. Uh, and and allow the Lord to to move among us, okay? All right, so take some time and uh, share prayer requests, pray, and then I'll close this out momentarily.